This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 710. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 710. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Ooh, we're going to dig into something, I don't know, maybe a little juicy today, because I'm going to be talking about my messy mindset in 2022. And I think, you know, I've been in the coaching space for a long time, and I've been here preaching to all of you for a long time on all sorts of things. And I think that sometimes when you're doing the kind of work that I do, it's easy to look like we have things all figured out. Like, People that have online businesses and podcasts and give advice to other people in their businesses and podcasts, it's easy for us to look like we have all the answers and we have it all figured out and we like know all the pieces and what places they should go in. And first of all, that's just, it's not ever true for anyone. (laughs) Everyone's a work in progress and everyone is figuring their stuff out and everyone is always figuring it out as they go. But I know that from the outside, it can look like certain people are like, have it more figured out than others. And I just want you to rest assured that I don't have it more figured out than others. Now that said, I might have some tools and skills and gifts and talents that might exceed other people's, you know, in certain areas, just like, you know, you might be like a way better mathematician than I am. And I might be a better business coach than you are. Like we all have things where we're better, but I 
also want to acknowledge that while I have some great skills and talents, I'm also very human. And I think this part's really important to talk about. And my mindset can absolutely get in my way on a regular basis. And in 2022, my mindset got in my way more often than it has in previous years, and even more often than I'd like to admit. And I found myself overwhelmingly frustrated at times, definitely feeling pretty defeated at times, and having to kind of pick myself up, figure out what I was doing, figure out where I wanted to be going, and determine why I wanted to keep going in directions where I just felt like doors kept closing in my face. And so I've talked before about really dedicating a lot of time in 2022 to speaking and to pitching myself for speaking. And with that, I made some big reaches and big stretches and went after some things that felt like big leaps. And I got so many no's. (laughs) And I've talked a little bit about that over the course of the last few months. And on the back end of all those no's, I got some really great yeses. But there was definitely this season in 2022 where I was like, gosh, like everything just feels like a no. And that felt really, really frustrating. And it felt like I was just spinning my wheels and going nowhere. And now that some of that has started to shift and some things have worked out for me and I've started getting some great yeses and I gotten to deliver on some of those yeses, which has been really fun in terms of going and doing some great speaking gigs. I have a little hindsight, which I think can always be really valuable when we can look back and be like, oh, that was just a hard moment. But I want to say that hard moments for me don't end when things get better. And so what I mean by that is just because something shifted gears, it doesn't mean that I feel really confident that things are going to stay moving in that direction. And as a result of that, I have this fear of like, well, what if it slides back to when it was hard? Like, what if we regress back to when it was really hard? And I I think it's important to recognize, I think one of the reasons that might happen for me is because, and maybe it's human nature, but also I do have diagnosed PTSD. And I think that sometimes I can carry this like what if fear with me that's like, okay, things are moving in a certain direction, but what if the rug gets pulled out from under me? And that's really what my PTSD is related to is like having the rug pulled out underneath me without warning and having to react to that. And that's something that has happened to me a couple times in my life and in kind of different ways, but it's in traumatic ways um, multiple times. And it also something that I didn't recognize as PTSD for so long. And I didn't realize how much it impacted my mindset around certain things and how I can hold a lot of anxiety for things, even when things are working out well for me. And so this is all like so much transparency around mental health, but I think really important things to talk about. And so when I go through a hard season, when I get to like the better part, when I'm not in the hard season anymore, it feels so like such a relief to be out of the hard season. But I also have this like, oh my gosh, what if it goes back to the hard thing again? Like I definitely carry that energy with me. And I really try not to, I really try to like trust in things moving forward, but it it can still, sometimes I slide back, I backslide. And sometimes I get back into this messy mindset where I can keep myself pretty stuck. Now, I have a lot of really great tools. I have been in the coaching space for 20 years, 
<laughs> 20 years now, um, which is unreal to me. So for 20 years, so I have a lot of tools, but that doesn't mean that I'm not human and that I'm not always navigating, you know, my own lived experience as we all are. And so I wanted to share in this episode some of the tools that I'm using that have really helped me and that are my go-tos when I find myself either in a black hole, and I'll explain what a black hole means in a minute, or when I find myself actually moving forward and getting the thing that I want or progressing toward the thing that I want and not trusting it or not trusting that it's going to stick or stay. So there's a few things that I do, and I've talked a lot about different coping skills over the years and kind of how I manage anxiety on a daily basis with a morning routine and getting in a workout and all those things really, really matter a lot. And so I'm going to like leave those as givens. <laughs> those are things I have a morning routine every day. I follow to-do list that keeps like my mind organized every day. I get in a workout six days a week. Like those things are all really, really key into helping in helping me with my mindset and helping me stay focused and like forward facing and also helping me manage anxiety so that I don't get super stuck in anxious modes. But a few other things that I've done this year that I think are worth mentioning are tools that I want to offer you that might be helpful to you. So if you find yourself in a sticky place where you are managing, where you're either in a black hole of no, or things are not going well, or you get the rug pulled out from under you. I think these are tools that you might be able to use yourself that can really help you in in challenging times. And I know that we're coming, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic, although like there's still so much baggage with that. And COVID-19 is still a real thing. So when I say like, we've come out of the pandemic, or we're coming out of the pandemic, I don't want to dishonor that we're still in a hard place with that. But we're transitioning kind of from that into like a potential global recession and worry that can come with that and all sorts of things like fallout that comes from those kinds of things. So the world continues to just be really tricky, if not hard, if not like really overwhelming and uncertain, kind of depending on your circumstances. And so I'm thinking that some of the things I want to share here might be helpful in that way too, when you are finding yourself in a messy mindset. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school.
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Before we move into the things that I've done that have worked this year, I do want to talk about the black hole. So the black hole, I call it the black hole of no. And the reason I call it the black hole of no is because I had this moment this year where I had pitched all these different things. I'd put myself out there for all these different speaking gigs. And some of them were big stretches, like big stretches. And then some of them were not as big, but I kept getting no's. And there was this one no that I got and the feedback that I got around it was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And you're like the perfect person for this. And you submitted the best proposal. And also we're not going to do this right now. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, like, and I thought this thing more than a lot of other things I had pitched myself for, I was like, this is a sure thing. Like I thought for sure this was a sure thing. So I was kind of not worried about it. I was like, like, this is going to happen. And then to find out like, that I was the best candidate and my topic was great and I had the best proposal. And then to be told no was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and that was kind of at the end of a season of no's where I was like, holy cow. And I fe- that's where I came up with this black hole of no. I just felt like I was like falling down this like cavernous black space where all I could see around me was darkness and nose like everyone was like no not right now and no maybe later and no like you're great we think you're amazing but nope (laughs) it just felt like holy cow I can't win and I know we've all been in that situation and so for me I called it the black hole of no and I know that's resonated with other people as I've shared it we've all had those moments right where it's like you just feel like there's no way out you keep cascading down and it just keeps getting worse and you're like when's the bottom like where I I can't see the bottom but it seems like it just continues to get worse and we don't know when the end is going to be or where the bottom is going to be or when things might start to shift or where there might just be like a little bit of a crack or a glimmer or on the day that I was in that cavernous space I remember sitting at my desk and looking down and like head in my hands, trying not to cry. And I remember thinking, 
I don't know how to look up. <laughs> I don't know how to keep putting myself out there for rejection. Like, I just felt like I was like signing up for rejection at this point. Like every time I'd put something out there, it was just the nose felt so certain at this point. And I had this realization that when you look down every time you get a no, you're missing out on all these other opportunities that you would see if you just look up. And when you're in that black hole of no, and you look down, like you can't see the bottom of the hole, but you also, which is scary and terrifying and really frustrating and exhausting and defeating and all the things. But when you look up, you can see like, oh, okay, there's some light up there and there's some space up there and there's options up there and there's maybe a path out or a path around or a path through that you can't see when you're like head down, you know, hands covering your eyes, maybe crying, like in that place of just like the emotional abyss of rejection. And I had to catch myself and be like, you need to look up. And I did an episode on looking up and (laughs) talked about that. And that was for me kind of that moment of how are you going to get out of this messy mindset and keep moving forward? Or are you not going to get out of this place? And are you just going to be like, screw it, I'm not going to be a speaker. And that was very legitimately an option for me where I was like, and I'm done. (laughs) I am no longer a speaker. I am no longer signing up for this. Like I am unwilling to continue to subject myself to this kind of rejection on a regular basis. Shortly after that, some things started to turn around. I got some really cool invitations and some things that had been like people who'd been had been kind of holding on to my information and like, oh, we'll get back to you in three to six months or whatever, kind of finally started circling back. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, like maybe there's some hope here. And I was able to start moving forward with that. While I was in that space, though, I had to figure out what are the tools you're going to use to make whatever decision you're going to make to decide that like, yep, you're not, I'm not cut out for this. I'm not doing it. Or to decide like, I'm going to keep going and I can't let myself get derailed by all these no's. And so the first tool that I used was therapy. So I've used therapy on and off for years. That was definitely something I leaned into this year. Just talking something through with a therapist is really helpful. And I will say the thing that's really helpful about therapy to me, and you've heard me talk about therapy so many times, but I feel like it's this place for someone, if you are a giver or an overgiver, therapy is a place for you to be really vain and just talk about yourself for a long time. (laughs) And I think sometimes when I'm like with colleagues or with girlfriends, I'm like, oh, I don't want to make it all about me. I don't want to talk about all these things. And there's some people that I will take up a lot of space with. But for the most part, I'm like, oh, I don't want to like put all my stuff on someone else. And I think that therapy is a great place to just be like really vain and like, I'm going to take up all the space and I'm going to sit here for an hour and just like whine and complain and cry and yell and scream and make it all about me. And I've done that with a lot of things this year, made a lot of things all about me, whether it was related to situations with different relationships in my life, whether it was related to stuff with work, like just being able to sit and be like, this sounds really vain and conceited. And here we go. Like I'm going to just center myself. And I know in so much of the work that I do, I'm so focused on centering other people that sometimes that's at the expense of like really acknowledging where I'm at in my own experiences. And so it's been really helpful to go into a therapy session and just be like, okay, let me just tell you how hard everything is right now. (laughs) And so that was the first thing that I did was like going to therapy. And I will say, I'm not a star student. I'm not a star pupil when it comes to therapy. Like I'm a star pupil in a lot of ways. I'm not a star pupil when it comes to therapy. So I've been inconsistent with therapy this year. 
like consistently and consistent. Like I, I used to go every week and now it's like twice a month and then like maybe once a month the last couple of months. But knowing that it's there and going into a session and something I've gotten really good at as I've gone less frequently has been like, I get in there and I'm like, here's what I want to talk about today. Let's go. Whereas I used to be a little more like, let's just see what comes up. And now I'm like, this is my time and here's what I need and ready, set, go. And I've gotten so much better at that, which has been really helpful in terms of like being able to go in and figure out whatever I need to figure out that day. So that's my number one thing. The next thing I did to manage my messy mindset in 2022 was friend and colleague therapy. And I want to offer this with a caveat or like some clarification that I really believe that there's certain people that are allowed into your inner circle and there shouldn't be a ton of them and that certain relationships get are privy to certain kinds of information. And what I mean by that is that there might be certain things that you talk to your partner about that you wouldn't talk to other people about. There might be certain things that you talk to your sister about that you wouldn't talk to your partner about. There might be certain things that you talk to your best friend or someone from work about that you wouldn't talk to your other best friend about or whatever. So like the things that I talk with my entrepreneurial friends with about are really different than the things that I talk about with like my closest friend from growing up or my closest friend from college for that matter, just because they don't get the entrepreneurial stuff. It's not... It's not what they do and not that they're not supportive. They totally are. But for me to like go on and on about like being entrepreneurial, building a business, the woes of building a business, how hard it is, how unpredictable it is, like all those things there, I mean, like bless their hearts, but I'm sure they'd be like, well, why don't you just like go get a job then? <laughs> Which would make a lot of sense if I was just to go on and on about like, this is just so hard. So I have my circle of people that are my colleague people and I go to them to be like, hey, this is what's going on. And oh my gosh, this is so hard. And sometimes it's even like joking around like, oh my God, guess what happened to me today? Like, I know only you can understand this and we get to laugh about those things together. Um, They're also the people I go to as celebrations. And so this is another thing that's been really eye-opening to me is that I only celebrate certain things with certain people at this point because I've learned that taking a celebration to the wrong person can actually be harmful to me. And so when I am in a potentially vulnerable mindset place, I'm really careful about who gets to know what. And there's definitely people that don't get to know all the things. And so there are people that I don't take my biggest celebrations to because they have not treated them with care in the past. And there's people that I don't take my biggest problems to because they have not treated them with care in the past. And so if you are trusting someone and going to someone because you need support, be thoughtful about the nature of that relationship and who it makes the best sense to turn to. I think that sometimes we blindly turn to whoever's closest to us in proximity in that moment, which can often be a partner. And they might not get it. And then that just adds more trauma, if not drama, to the situation. Because on top of feeling really frustrated or overwhelmed or, you know, upset about something, you go to a person who doesn't quite get it. And it can make you spiral even more and have even more doubt around the things you're already doubting about yourself. So I'm really careful that certain people get to know certain things. And I've gotten much better at recognizing in a positive way, like this relationship gets to be around these certain things. And this relationship over here gets to be around these certain things. And that's 
really, really been a way for me to protect my headspace so that I'm not sharing the wrong things with the wrong people. So I have my closest entrepreneurial friends who get to know like the little celebrations where I'm like, no one else is going to know or care about this, but oh my gosh, listen to what happened today. It was so awesome. Or on the flip side of that, like no one else is going to care about this, but listen to this hard thing that happened that oh feels really frustrating. When I'm talking with my friends, it might be about other things related to family or parenting or aging parents or other things that we might have in common that are different than the work stuff. And so being really conscientious of like around who gets to have what parts of you and who gets to hold what precious information, because if you give that information to the wrong person, it can be harmful to you. And so that might be something to think about in 2023 for you is, okay, how am I going to be conscientious around who gets to be part of certain parts of my life and having more clarity and boundaries around each relationship and the unique gifts that each relationship brings and also the unique boundaries that each relationship brings as well. And so recognizing that like some friends might be really great for working out with and other friends might be really great for having deep conversations with and other friends might be really great for having plays with your kids with and like all different things, right? And that can be a really fantastic thing. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. The third thing I did for my messy mindset in 2022 was work with a coach. So coaches need coaches. I worked with a coach and I was able to get someone else who could step back from my business and knowing what I've done for 20 years, who has experience doing many of the same things. And they could say, hey, here's what I'm seeing from where I'm at. So when I'm in my black hole and my vision has gotten so narrow and I can't see outside of that, my coach can say, hey, I hear you and I totally understand what you're saying. And also, 
have you thought about this? Or what about this? Or have you considered this? Or could you try this? Or do you want to maybe just not do that right now? Does that make sense? And ask some questions that can really illuminate a lot of things. And that was really helpful for me. And I think that's a piece that can get overlooked. And that's different than therapy. And so where therapy can be like just sitting and like letting it all out, coaching can really be guidance around something specific. And so for me, like having a business coach, and many of you who've done business coaching with me or had done life coaching with me, you know, that it's not just about like, dumping, but it's also about like, okay, these are all the things that are hard. And now what are we going to do about all that so that we stay moving forward, so that we don't let ourselves stay stuck, we're not going to sit and ruminate, we're not going to sit and like, we're not going to just keep, you know, cascading down the black hole. But we are going to like find those places to grab and pull ourselves out of that hole in order to find the light, in order to find better options, in order to find choices and alternatives and feel like we have power moving forward. The fourth thing I did to manage my messy mindset in 2022 was self-coaching. <laughs> and so this is something that I have always done to some degree, which I think is what got me interested in coaching and has gotten me through so many hard things in my life. And why I've always been like ridiculously interested in psychology and sociology, like I'm a person who can go sit in a bookstore and read self help books like all day and all night and into next weekend. And I've done that before. Like I literally used to I remember after college, (laughs) going to Barnes and Noble on like a Wednesday night on a regular basis, and just sitting and reading books, psychology books and my roommate would be like, you're, you're doing what? You're going where? I'm like, I'm just going to go to Barnes and Noble because I couldn't afford to buy the books. So I would just go sit in the bookstore and read them. Like, I'm going to read these stories. And I would read stories on personality disorders and eating disorders and like all these things where I was just like captivated by, wow, this is how people's minds work. And this is what can lead a person to do that thing or the other thing. And oh my gosh, it was it's something that I, I mean, if I had the time, I would still go every Wednesday night and sit in a bookstore and read for four hours out of books that I am not going to buy. So self coaching has been a huge, huge part of my life for a very long time, because it's been something because coaching and mindset and psychology is something that I've always been so personally interested in, which has created the space and the knowledge and expertise for me to do a lot of self coaching, because I have a lot of credentials around it. That said, sometimes self-coaching works really well. And then other times we have moments where like self-coaching just doesn't work. (laughs) And I've had to, at times this year, dig into my toolbox on days where I'm like, I don't feel like I can coach myself out of this and be like, okay, what are you going to do instead? Because like, you can't just stay here. Like there's too many things that need to happen today. You can't afford to sit here and ruminate or sit here and be angry for too long because like there's still 18 boxes that need to get checked today. And so one of the things that I've had to do as a result of that self-coaching is learn to consistently collect better evidence. And so that's my fifth piece of this is collecting better evidence. So when I am in the space of self-coaching and I'm asking myself, which way am I going to go with this? Am I going to go to that place where I let myself get really frustrated and overwhelmed and stay stuck? Or am I going to go to the place where I'm recognizing this is frustrating? I'm not happy about this. This is absolutely enraging or disappointing or really sad or whatever the thing is. Like I'm going to honor all that. And I have to position myself to be able to move forward what will I do to take that step, that first step forward? And for me, it's really come down to collecting better evidence. 
So when you're in the black hole of no, when you've had like 13 no's in a row or 13 failures or 13 things that just haven't worked out your way, and that can be like any given Monday, right? Where you're just like, oh my gosh, can like 14 things go wrong today? Because I'm pretty sure they can. And you're having to talk yourself out of it in order to get through a day. One of the best things you can do is look at the evidence that is on your side that proves that you're capable of doing whatever the next thing is. And so I've had to basically like go reread my own bio a lot this year, (laughs) which means on a hard day, sitting and owning like, yeah, today is a day where you don't feel super qualified, where you feel really frustrated, where you feel like, oh, you just can't get the thing that you are going after. And as someone who has always gotten A's on everything for her whole life, that is so extremely frustrating and defeating. And so how will you collect evidence and own the evidence that shows that you are very qualified? And so that, that can look like reading your own bio, which is like, okay, Sarah Dean is the host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast, a podcast that has 5 million downloads across 700 some episodes across 140 some countries and has six streams of revenue and like starting to just read that stuff and be like, oh my gosh, these are the things that I've done. And looking at like, these are the places that have hired me to speak and looking at these are the people who I've gotten to have amazing podcast conversations with, whether they've come on my show as guests or I've gone on their show as guests, looking at the things that I've done in the last year that have been not related to work, that have just been me proving to myself that I can do hard, scary new things, whether it was doing a triathlon for the first time in 18 years, or whether it was, you know, getting out there and skiing a black diamond without my ski instructor for the first time, getting out there and doing things and proving to myself like you can do this, whether it was stepping up and leading the parent association at my son's school again, and co chairing that for the second year in a row. In the first year that we were having things back in person, where it definitely felt a little more intimidating to have to like show up in person and like, help put on barbecues and uh, dances and like different events. So collecting evidence and reminding myself what I'm capable of, because I'm looking back at what I've already done, and recognizing that that's proof of what I can do moving forward. So I want you to think about when you're trying to navigate a messy mindset, how quick are you to lean into all the things that are not working and find proof that you're not qualified and not good enough? Or on the flip side of that, how well are you able to grab better evidence in order to move forward, in order to keep going, in order to be like, oh, this is hard, this sucks, this is not what I wanted, and I know that I've done all these other things and I can keep going. I know I've talked to so many moms over the years who are like, yeah, like I got my master's degree when I was like eight months pregnant or I, you know, moved across the country by myself or I like all these different kinds of things where you're like, gosh, I don't know how I did that when I was doing it. And then you look back and you're like, holy cow, like I was so strong and courageous and tenacious. And that courage and tenacity and strength doesn't go away when the event is over. You get to carry that with you moving forward. So how will you carry that with you moving forward so that it's still in you when you need to draw on it? And I've spent a lot of time this year looking really critically at that and recognizing the things that I've done in the past that have been hard have given me the strength and the courage and the tenacity to do the things that I want to do moving forward. And so now what will I do with that? And there's not a right or wrong answer in terms of what you're going to do in terms of like, are you going to 
decide to throw in the towel, this isn't the right time? Are you going to pick up the pieces and keep moving forward? Either answer can be true, but how will you use that courage and that strength and that tenacity and those tools that you've cultivated in past times in whatever decision you make right now? And then let that decision be okay. So I hope that's helpful. When we're moving into a new year, I think it's really important that we look back and recognize the things that we've been through and that we don't dismiss them. And so I'm really going into 2022 or 2023, recognizing that 2022 was a messy mindset year for me. It was a really messy mindset year. And so I want you to think about what was this last year like for you? Is there anything that you where you feel stuck or where you feel like you're ruminating and you're like, okay, I think I need to spend some time owning that I walked through that because it's going to give me strength, power, courage, tenacity moving forward. I want to invite you to do that. Having done that myself, now I know, like I can recognize, oh, remember all that junk you went through in 2022? Like that's going to make you way better in 2023. And it's important to recognize that so that you can really move forward in the most strong position possible in a new year. Rather than feeling like I'm carrying the junk forward, instead I'm carrying the new tools, the new skills, the new strengths moving forward instead. And there's a huge difference between the two. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for being here. I will be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. I cannot wait to be with you then. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking